locked into the Philadelphia Eagles. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast, as always, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day, Lou DiBiase, joining you on this very special uh, Saturday edition of the podcast. Gino Camilleri, welcome in, sir. My co-host, as always. What's going on, guys? And we got yeah. we've previewed this all week. Yeah, so we've been this teasing is the one it. we were building up to. We we didn't say who the guests were going to be, but they're. I would call you guys the voice of the fans for sure, and that's not a knock. I, I think Way your analysis is just as good as everybody else, but we got the fourth and John guys here. We've got Gail Saunders, E-Rock, yo, yo. And Evan Hearn. I am, I'm hyped for, like, honestly, like, I used to write for you guys before um, I joined Lockdown Eagles, and it was super cool because it was right after the Super Bowl, and it was just perfect because you guys, again, I, th- I think you're the voice of the fans, and just to be a part of that, and I don't know, I feel like I've known you guys forever, even though I've only known you through Twitter. I just feel like, I don't know, I don't know if you agree, I feel like that's what Eagles Twitter is really all I about, I feel like right? Eagles Twitter is kind of like family. Like, like Kelly's it, on right. Twitter, football Kelly, I've never met her before, but I feel like I know <laughs> yeah. her. She's out here. Yeah, like yeah. even Gino, it was cool enough, I met mm-hmm. Gino at the Fillmore uh, when they won the Super Bowl. We didn't nice. even know each other were from Buffalo, we were in line together, his, his now fiance and my girlfriend Small were actually world. talking. Yeah, and right? uh, <laughs> he hit me up like a couple months later, and I'm like, I know you from somewhere. And now you two are getting married. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> guys. And now we're, we're in love. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is awesome. Hey, that's what that's what we try to do here at Fourth and John. It's it's really about bringing like the authentic Eagles fan experience to people, not only in Philadelphia yeah. but obviously in Buffalo mm-hmm. across the country, mm-hmm. and, and and really connecting fans from all walks of life. Well, it's across the globe too, man. I mean, like yeah, dude, I, the, we the, get people from Great Britain, yeah. like New Zealand, listening. There's Eagles fans everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's 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 great to connect. It's great to travel, dude. I can't wait for the game tomorrow. You guys tomorrow gotta love it, right? I mean, yeah. traveling around it's the become country. A, a thing yeah. now for us. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Really? it's just like great meeting you know fans of the show and yeah. also just Eagle fans that are diehard yeah. in every city. Yeah, like, and they get an opportunity to get to see their faces light up when they get to see their. Eagles come to their home because they don't really get yeah. that experience all the time. Yeah. I, at least for us, like I've mm. grown up in Orchard Park, and you know I, I never really embraced the Bills. Honestly, I mean, wh- people ask me all the time why I'm an Eagles fan. Ask six year old me, I don't know. But every relationship didn't start with this romantic start. You know, some people met on Tinder, but as long as it blossoms <laughs> into this thing, like I've this team I've been a fan of for like 16 years now. So it is cool though. Like when you guys come to town, it's like you bring the party, and it really feels like a home game environment. And like for us, we get that every eight years. The last time mm. the Eagles were here wow. was the offsides game. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, the yeah. dream team. It's, it's certainly do. Jaquay Parker. Parker yeah. Thank you. I knew that was going to be brought up at some point. <laughs> being here in Buffalo, that. that was my first ever. Neither Eagles is game. Mel Reese. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my first because that I don't know. It's kind of like this game right now, where the dream team. It was a really slow start. Obviously, and we all know how that ended those two years. Andy Reid getting fired, but that was kind of like this one where I feel like it took the season off the rails. Mm. You know what I'm saying, and it kind of got out of control. You're saying there. this feels dream teamish. Not, no, I don't want. I don't want to compare the team. I'm saying the situation. I'm saying the situation. I think he's comparing it to like five. teetering on the right. edge you know of like, okay. listen, this season can go one mm-hmm. way exactly. or the okay. other one, yeah. like that 2016 Dallas game almost. But like, exactly. Even last year against Jacksonville, right? I mean, yeah. they lose that game in London. They're three and five, yeah. and do they make a trade at the deadline for Golden Tate? But I mean, you think in the beginning of the season, like paper champions, like everyone's been like, you know. Everyone's been saying that's true. That's also Super similar Bowl, to Dream Team, and now we're at a point where, like, all right, well, who is this team? We, we just we went into the season. We thought that we were really deep in defensive back in that whole position, and that, now we're, we're, we're seven we're seven weeks in, and yeah. that we couldn't have been, you know, further from the truth. I was gonna say, man, like I've never felt a team even like I've never been so hyped on a team even 2011, like 2015. Remember with Sam Bradford? Even that team, Adam Schefter picked <laughs> them to win the Super Bowl. They picked Sam Bradford. Bradford to win MVP. But this year, especially, like. What should we just stop like 
hyping them up on paper anymore because every time I feel like we do that, this happens. Whereas Yo, 2017, you, I thought they were going eight and eight, nine and seven. You, you certainly have a point, and it's gotten to the point where even I start to question myself on our show. Yeah, you know, it's like, listen, next year because last year, you know, after they win the Super Bowl, I'm pounding the table. There's nothing above the repeat. Right. They go out and they get Michael Bennett. They get deeper on the defensive line. We go, how do we not go back to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. And then very early on, you realize, as the kids say on the Twitter.com, <laughs> this ain't it. Yeah. <laughs> and so then coming in the offseason, once again, Howie Roseman is having one of the busiest offseasons of any NFL team, uh, making moves, making trades, and you go into the season, and now I'm pounding the table going Carson Wentz revenge tour. It didn't take long to figure out this ain't it. I have that shirt, by the way, and, from you guys. And, and, awesome. and, to, and, to speak, uh, and to speak on the point that you made earlier, does it kind of have the same vibe? Eagles are now out of opportunity. We looked at the Minnesota Vikings game and said, look, this can go one of two ways. It's not a must win, but, man, th- this is going to define the Eagles yeah. season. And then they lost. And then we looked at the Dallas Cowboys game, and they say, all right, we said, okay, this is a must win. It's going to go one of two ways. And now we're looking at this Buffalo Bills game and saying, okay, this is going to go one of two games. Mm -hmm. The the Eagles are eventually, Gail, I think you agree with me, eventually going to run out of opportunities to salvage a season. Honestly, I think this might be the one. That's why I'm really nervous. I think it's a make or break. (laughs) You know, it's really like you see all the drama that's been happening. You you know, you're you're kind of questioning what happened. Oh, believe me, we'll get into that too. And you, you think like this is a moment where this team can come together, get a win. You know, like the Cowboys, they were on a losing streak when we faced them. Yep. We're on this losing streak. I, I think the Bills are facing us at the wrong time, and I think this is mm-hmm. where we get over the hump. Well, yeah. this is normally where we get over the hump, right? You know, you go look at the last couple of years when their backs are against the wall. That with this leadership, it's still the same. You know, there's a lot of there's different. You know, Tory Smith is gone, Legarrette Blunt, but for the most part, the core leadership of that Super Bowl Lane team, Johnson, I, yeah, like Malcolm it's hard. Jenkins, it's hard to yeah. really accept all the drama when you still see Jenkins in there and you still see Lane Johnson that's, and Kelsey, right? That's and what I think the hardest part about all this drama yeah, is, is that it's exactly. one thing if it were to come from your, you know, the 50th to 53rd man on the roster. If it's mm-hmm. one of those guys that is making noise, that's one thing. But yeah. when it's coming from the real pillars of your team, that's your Lane Johnson, your Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I mean, Zach Ertz hasn't been said to be setting, saying anything, but like those core players when it comes from them that's when it, it really makes the stand the fans step back and be like wow mm-hmm. like we really got some serious issues here i yeah, mean have absolutely. we gone from the underdogs to the lazy dogs is the thing that mm-hmm. i've been questioning like i where where, where do we stand where mm-hmm. the, the overstuffed stand? dogs <laughs> just laying there on the floor well that's what we saw the last two weeks and that's why normally that dallas game is when it's very similar to like in lambo right not mm-hmm. that long ago this year their backs were against the wall and they had two fourth quarter uh, goal line stands and they win that football game so I I think again we'll get into Orlando Scandrick but we'll see if he was right like this game is going to be very telling Mm -hmm. I think the last two games were telling and Iraq I was watching your Instagram uh, yesterday and uh, you know everyone always wants you to make the fix it videos Mm -hmm. and I think where you're at um, I'm going to be at I'm not there I'm almost there like I'm teeter-tottering yeah and if this loss if they come out as lackadaisical as they as like unpassionate as they did last Sunday night that I'm almost like, holy cow, Orlando Scandrick might be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's 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 one thing. It's very it, the whole thing's very upsetting to me. Yeah, because like Evan touched on these the drama, the thing, the, the people that are being talked about, anonymous sources talk about the leader Carson Wentz, and then he has to address it. And then you know Fletcher Cox is about to blow some guy's head off <laughs> who's trying to break into <laughs> right. his house, and then. You got Malcolm Jenkins, who's kind of sort of calling out Sidney Jones, but not really. And then Orlando Scandrick is like, 
mm-hmm. even if you don't want to believe everything that Orlando Skandrick said, right? There's still plenty of stuff to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to believe the anonymous source, there's plenty of stuff going mm-hmm. going yeah. around. So it, it's it's become and it breaks my heart because this team can overcome injury. This team can overcome adversity. This team can't overcome a negative locker room, and I feel that's the direction it's heading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said this on the show the other day. It kind of reminds me of back when Seattle, when people started started talking on Seattle, and they mm-hmm. shipped Golden Tate out of town. Mm-hmm. Maybe you got a time to shuffle some feathers, you know? it's If everybody's not going to be all in, like they've had this mentality that this is the new norm, like Doug Peterson says. Mm-hmm. Well, the new norm shouldn't be people dry snitching on each other. The new norm <laughs> shouldn't be people talking to the media. If you have men in that locker room, call each other out or stand up and yeah. like you say like to a face. Yeah. do what they did this week. The players only meeting that should have Absolutely. happened weeks ago if, instead of going to the media. Yeah, there's no reason that Lane. Jo- I mean, Lane Johnson. He's hot after that game. Of course, he <laughs> yeah. loves going up against Demarcus Lawrence. We know that. But still, you're time. a leader. On, not the time at all. And BG and Malcolm Jenkins said it. You're one of the leaders in this team. I mean, after Jason Peters is gone, you're going to be one of the longest tenured linemen on this team. Like, you have to take advantage of this. Carson has to take advantage of this. You guys have to step up. The guys that stepped up in 17 and they went on this long stretch, now is the time. And I equated this game to Buffalo sitting there. They're they're at the tables. They're at the roulette tables. They got all their chips stacked up. They got a couple quarters in their pockets waiting for the drink guy to come around. We're sitting in the back room of the off-track betting, waiting on our horses to come in, hoping that one horse that we just put our next three months mortgage payment on comes out because we are on the edge of our seats. And tomorrow, if this team doesn't come out and play like you guys said, there are bigger issues that either need to be moved out at the deadline or moved out after this offseason, and you have to figure it out quick before you waste Carson's entire his entire prime and, right and, now. That's, that's and, a good and, and, we'll, and we'll be out of town out of time yeah. that, that that's the important part the, there has to be a sense of urgency because at this yeah. point you will if you lose to the buffalo bills you will in essence be out of time absolutely um, we, can, NFC, we can't keep pushing it, it we can't keep pushing it to next week yeah. Yeah. we can't we're, say next but but next week's yeah, right. oh we guys we can turn it around next week's the important the game yeah. the trade deadline is approaching and honestly if the eagles don't win they should absolutely start looking to in my opinion, start selling mm-hmm. and obtaining more draft picks Absolutely. than looking to make a trade to salvage the season. I mean, I'd like to say when the Eagles mm-hmm. win. I think this is this is the perfect we game. We need some of that confidence. This is the perfect I don't feel game. We try and speak oh. things into existence. We need you guys. Like, yeah, yeah. This is the perfect quarterback for them to, to face. Absolutely. You know, Trust you know, us, we know. Yeah. He hasn't been lights out. I mean, you know, his QB rating you compared to the record. The field. Like, the one thing I'm feeling really good about, I'm glad you're confident, um, because Allen – watching him every single week here covering it for GR he's supposed to coming in he was supposed to be this Cam Newton like right. big arm the mm-hmm. accuracy is not going to be there that's why some people thought I mean football outsiders called him a parody of a prospect because he was so inaccurate he at got Wyoming. those Carson Wentz comparisons at yeah some and point. like I kind of appreciate uh-huh. what the Bills were trying to do there instead of going with like a Rosen whereas if the Eagles had the first overall pick in 2016 I still think they go Wentz over Goff I appreciate they were going more so for the ceiling than the floor but at the same time if you didn't get that big arm ceiling out of him, you might as well have taken the other guy. And right now, he's improved in the other areas, but like down the field, he is probably the most inaccurate quarterback in football right now. I mean, those in- inconsistencies is where I think the Eagles have to take advantage. Mm-hmm. You know, causing, and that's been the weak link for Causing them, right? turn- so. turnovers is where they really need to step up this weekend. Absolutely. I equated it to almost like a second-year Mitch Trubisky. Like he's in that same 
He's got the athletic frame. He doesn't have the arm. T- Mitch obviously doesn't have Allen's arm talent, but he had the intermediate game down pat, had the fourth quarter game down pat, but between quarters one through three, we saw it in that in the Chicago playoff game. He didn't get it done, and then he had to lead a fourth quarter comeback to even get them in position. I feel like you're going to be in that same position with Josh Allen, but the thing is, if you get to Josh Allen, he'll throw up ducks, and he's continued to do that, and he'll take third down sacks. And I'm on Twitter. I'm the biggest advocate against anything Buffalo Bills. I am like Jon Snow when he wields a sword against the Battle of the Bastards against every Bills fan. Josh Allen, he has to be able to throw the ball down the field, and he can't get that. And he just continues to take sacks on third down, and I'm sitting there saying, how do you let this guy take sacks and get hit? We're, We're yelling at Carson every single week, and it's like these Bills fans are like, oh, this is the best quarterback we've had in a long time. They're okay with it, and we're sitting here like, no, we would never let Wentz get away with taking a, a second and 10 and bringing it back to third and 18. He does it all the others, time. You know? So this is the guy that if you want to blitz and you want to get to him, and we all know Jim Schwartz is sporadic in how he does that, I don't trust Josh Allen to hit a deep ball right now. So if you come out like Miami did last week and got to Josh Allen, he'll throw up some interceptions, he'll fumble the ball. That you got to pounce on this this offense that's going to be riding high they're five and one like everybody's looking down at them right now in the AFC East talking about the Patriots they want to come out and beat the big bad Philadelphia Eagles so probably didn't think this is the time to punch them in the face we'd be three and four right I feel like we heading into the season probably would have thought it'd be the opposite scenario well here's the bad news of what you were just talking about with Josh Allen this might be just be his Quote unquote coming out game. Yeah, I want to talk about not. the opposite of that. That's why. Yeah, I so, right. so, so, so I mean, he, he, he gives up a lot of third down sacks. Mm-hmm. Okay, Eagles can't get to the quarterback. Exactly. He's throwing a lot of picks or whatever. He can't push the, the ball downfield. Our secondary is absolute mm-hmm. burnt. Toast. Well, it's a battle yeah. of like two, like the two weak points of the Bills offense and the Eagles defense. Like they're going at it this mm-hmm. week. That's why yeah. I think that could really decide the game. Before we get into that though, more so, I still want to touch on the Orlando Scandrick comments yesterday because. Mm-hmm. I feel like week after week, another dramatic story. You had me on the ground laughing with your uh, tweet yesterday with the Spider-Man uh, oh. video of Aunt May, the explosion out of the window. Because you're like, just when you think we're trying to go one day of drama-free Eagles news, every time I wake up, it's like, boom, there it is once again. How much did you guys believe of that? For me, a lot of it, a lot of it, like going after Malcolm Jenkins, the dude calling him selfish, when he took the fall for that Razul Douglas touchdown in Minnesota, when the guy's offering to be on scout team during practice, he's the most available player the Eagles have had for six years. Like, going after him, that to me sounds like disgruntled employee. Like, saying they haven't been able to handle success since the Super Bowl, I don't know, for me, how would he know that after three weeks? You know, I was, I was, I was kind of thinking, like, you know, he was, he was coming from a, a jaded spot. Like, there, yeah. I took some of the things he said with a grain of salt, but I felt like there were pieces where – he kind of put together for me, mm-hmm. you know. Like I've I've had a feeling like something. Like you had been, thoughts. And I've had a feeling kinda... that something's been off in this locker room. Uh, you know, whether it was be leadership or you know players this uh, damn being, source that being keeps accountable. Yeah. I just felt like there's some there was something wrong with the locker room, and I, I felt like that was such an explosion on the timeline. Like mm-hmm. the amount of drama. You he know, just like, went all out. It's just a matter of like in a couple of weeks, we've been in in the news for like the wrong reasons. Trust me, I got everybody here asking about it. You know? this, this, this is human nature, all right? Everything said in anger a lot of times is somewhat based in truth. Think about the arguments that you've had with either a significant other or a friend or maybe your parent, right? Pretty you cool. said some things you didn't mean, but a lot of it's kind of all of a sudden the truth starts coming out. Yeah. 
And when I think about what he said about Malcolm Jenkins, I think anger. I think of personal vendetta. I think of specifically going after an individual, maybe either because what something they said to you in the locker room mm-hmm. or pointed the finger at you. Um, you know, let, let's not let's not forget. Minnesota, then it was Dallas, right? So whereas the Eagles kind of tweeted out that video of, you know, him kind of giving props to Malcolm right, Jenkins, yeah, yeah. like, hey, that's the reason why you're the leader on the team. Maybe Malcolm Jenkins said something to him during that Dallas game that didn't sit right with him, and then all of a sudden he gets released. Well, who's he blaming? Malcolm Jenkins. Good point. So I don't believe everything he said about Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. I do believe a lot of what he said overall about, about like the team. And I think we kind of all kind of knew it mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. This team is struggling to figure out a way to handle success. I don't think we wanted to believe it. I, I think we knew it. Maybe yeah. we didn't want to believe it, but I think part of us knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, go ahead. Like Skandrick had, he mentioned in the interview a part where they were like, do you think Malcolm Jenkins had a, had anything to do with getting rid of you? And he, he kind of alluded that, uh, Zach Brown being released could have had something to do with Malcolm mm-hmm. Jenkins because you're looking at the dynamic of what happened between the Vikings game and the Cowboys game yeah. where he was like so adamant about letting him know like wh- where he stood in his eyes and mm-hmm. then the next week he's like drops the hammer yeah um, so maybe he got released for right particular I mean, reason and that's why like again for me. I understood when, when, what he was talking about with accountability. I think there is some of that problem, you know, with the leaders going out in public, this source that just continues to reemerge, you know, year after year. At the same time, though, he backtracked a lot of what he said about Jenkins, only to double down again on the herd when he heard that Malcolm Jenkins fired back. And that kind of got him fired up again, saying, oh, he wants to make it personal now, even though he's, this is the guy going on national TV spewing stuff about uh, Jenkins. But... Yeah, for me, it's like some. I don't think he was alluding to they almost have like a broken culture, a broken locker room. And he even said starting from the top, like alluding to Howie Roseman, the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go that far yet. I think I might want to get that far after these next couple weeks. I don't think it's fair for him to be able to know all of that after just a couple weeks with the team. At the same time, Erock's right. I think there's a lot of it that we didn't want to believe, but we've been seeing the writing on the wall for. Mm-hmm maybe even a year now. So I think that's where I'm at with it. Um, it's just in like the source. That thing fires me up so much because I don't know about you guys, but I think Carson Wentz is the least of this team's problems right now. And whoever it is, just there's somebody in that locker room. I don't think it's the consensus feeling in there. There's somebody that's got beef with number 11. And I don't know who it is, but they got to figure that out too. Like a Seahawks thing. Mm-hmm. They, they built it around Russell Wilson. You're either buying into him or you're out. And – I don't know. I don't know who it is. I don't think it's Alshon. I, I don't you know. Chris Long alluded in, alluded to it yeah, in yeah, his, yeah. his podcast on the Ringer. He yeah. said that mm-hmm. his source said last year it was not Alshon. It just Jeffrey. seems out of his character, and, right? And just, Skandrick just, said he even said he wanted to come to Philadelphia for one reason to play with Carson Wentz when he came from yeah. Chicago. Yeah. I remember that vividly. Seeing that quote, and then Skandrick and, said this week, but that was prior to him actually stepping Alshon on the field with him, right? Very, very good. That's point. true. Yeah. Yeah. I but, can't. Ju- I just can't see him coming from Chicago, who just had terrible quarterbacks keep, for that keep, long keep, and actually keep, having a guy that can play. Keep an eye on the trade deadline. Because That's right. What, yeah, because whoever, uh, honestly, whoever that is, if they get found out as the guy, mm-hmm. don't be, like, listen, Doug and Howie, if you're going to send a message, don't send it to Zach Brown. Nobody cares about Zach Brown. And it's just right? not easy to If you're going to send a message, don't send it to Orlando Skandrick by mm-hmm. cutting him. Nobody mm-hmm. cares about Orlando Skandrick. <laughs> True. If you want to send a real message... If you really want to hit home that if you're not going to buy into this team and you're not going to buy in the Carson Wentz, you're going to be shipped out of here, it, watch the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. 
See who I it agree. is. Find and out they, who it is because they might they might be playing. You can ruin a good uniform. culture in the blink of an eye, and yeah. you you see that happening before our eyes. How much has changed from 2017? These guys, you see. The, when Jay Ajayi comes to town, he's running down the sideline to congratulate Corey Clement when he's scoring in that Dallas game. And mm-hmm. you don't see that anymore. There's I no mean, team chemistry like we it, had it, that It yet. isn't. And you just see Wentz getting frustrated and all these guys getting frustrated. And it's like, you guys do know that you're some of the best ball players in the NFL. Like, leave all the BS aside. Like, now you got to step up. And this, I, you made a great point. Watch for the trade deadline. You're gonna see these guys that don't buy in. I just feel you're like gonna it's see not who they want to get out of town. Maybe Sidney Jones gets out of. Who, who knows? It's They're just gonna one. just. You have to build this team in the direction if, that you uh, want to go. If the Eagles in. wanted to, they could find out. You think so? I, I just like for me, I'm yeah. trying to like go through the offense and defense, and there's no one guy that I'm like. That's it. Like, and right and there. the one big issue is if we were to launch some sort of full-scale investigation to find out who the source is, we're completely taken away from what we should be the doing, focus. which is yeah. preparing yeah. for football yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So it's just a distraction upon distraction mm-hmm. upon distraction that's really just pulling away from what we're supposed to be doing. 100%. Yeah. It's Look, again, we're going to really find out on Sunday how much of this has affected this team, how much of it there's actual substance to it, how much of it is just some disgruntled people, a few bad eggs in that locker room. I think, I think it's all a mixture. It. I think it's a mixture of everything yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm nervous yeah. i we're, we're gonna find out because normally again normally in iraq mm-hmm. you said that we can't keep waiting week after week this to me is the week we're gonna run out of time we'll find out for sure what this team what where we're you know how much of it is real scenario last year three and four going on the road to an afc opponent right before the trade deadline wondering if we should make a move time is a flat circle and we're, we're gonna see who comes out on the opposite end of it here I, I believe you can beat this bills team it is a very beatable bills team we've seen it miami was close in that game cincinnati was close in that game they look susceptible to the patriots it just can this eagles game plan this eagles team game plan to get rid of the weaknesses because we've seen jim schwartz time and time again throughout this defense that can't defend i i bet all of us in this room could collectively run 100 routes and probably get open <laughs> a good amount of times against that secondary. So, Wind get them up 12 in. yards deep <laughs> on third and five. Oh, I, I heard of a very good quote. I, I think it was from the guys at uh, Bleeding Green Nation, Michael Kist and Ben Solek, and they said, if Cole Beasley is the leading receiver in this game, things are looking good for you. If John Brown is the leading receiver in Problems. this game, you're going to have a problem. And I, I fully see that if if E-Rock, like he said, if this is the Josh Allen get-right game and John Brown has just, he runs some deep posts and a couple nine routes and he has three touchdowns and 125 yards. Uh, I mean, Could we uh, say that can't happen? Yeah. We, we saw it with yeah. Stephon Diggs. We saw it last week. We've seen, they've seen it, it almost right, every, every week Every so single far. week since, t- how, how long ago? We can go back all the way yeah. to 2016. It's the same exact thing. Maybe we get some safety help this week. And then, uh, you know, they're the 20th ranked passing team and we're Absolutely. we're giving up the six most yards in the league maybe we meet somewhere in the middle and, and hold them down mm-hmm. plus this game i mean you mentioned that the cincinnati Bengals were close and the miami dolphins were close not only is this have to you, you know it's a must win your season hinges upon this game because you're out of time you're also out of opportunities to build your confidence as mm-hmm. a team yeah because after this, you come home. The good Daunting. news is you come yeah. home. The bad news is you have the Chicago Bears, then you have a bye week, and then you have the New England Patriots, and then you have uh, the Seattle Seahawks. You know, you're talking about uh, you know all yeah. Super Bowl yeah. contending yeah. teams. And if you can't build the confidence against the Buffalo Bills, you were absolutely going to get run over against absolutely. that Bears defense. If you can't build your confidence against the Buffalo Bills, how are you supposed to? What's the reaction going to be like if Carson Wentz loses to the New England Patriots when Nick Foles? Won? Oh, you know the headlines are going to be there. The next you know Monday. what the headlines are going to be. Mm-hmm. If you can't beat 
the Buffalo Bills and gain your confidence, how are you going to beat a Seattle Seahawks team? Which, by the way, you're going to be playing for seeding with because the way the 49ers are going to be play, are playing currently, mm-hmm. you have to win a wild card spot. You already dropped one to Dallas. I'm not so feeling you, good about that, by the way. The NFC is loaded, it seems. Yeah, right it's, now. yeah, yeah the teams keep winning the way they are. Look at the are. NFC North. I mean, yeah. the last place team is. At 500, right, with Detroit? Yeah. I mean, And so that's why the Dallas game was, was such a huge, yeah. and that's why I'm so down on this team mm-hmm. right now. Get, put, the, put the locker room drama aside. The chances of you making the playoffs hinge largely upon you winning the NFC East. And mm-hmm. If you're going to look like that against the Dallas Cowboys, kiss the playoffs. And, and not to mention, I mean, a lot of the sadness is also stemming from the fact that we just got blasted two weeks in a row. Like we, right, we, you didn't we just got lose. Wor- we didn't lost, just lose. Like up. we we got dominated the you past know one, two weeks. You know one positive here is this the first time that we get Jalen Mills, Ronald Darby, McLeod, and, and oh, Jenkins. Goody. I was going to say, yeah, in, in this is not of, the podcast to say I, that's a positive. I mean, We're yeah, very I mean, anti-Ronald Darby. I mean, in, <laughs> in terms of like... This is the Rizul Douglas Stan podcast. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Oh, bro, is it? <laughs> I was the Sydney, the lone warrior on the Sydney Jones. We I, the I, was with you on, I was with you on the Since USS Washington, Sydney, man. and yeah. we have yeah. sunk. We have, yeah. Yeah. I, I am not a fan of Darby. Either. We hit the iceberg and we <laughs> sank. But in terms of Pack communication... I watch no, I get what you're saying. This is the first time we're going to get a group that, you know, I think... They all believe in each other. Yes, and no, maybe definitely need a change. And they I think can come together. Could be a refreshing. The one thing about Jalen is, I mean, as much as you want to knock him for his skill set, is he, he competed his ass off. He looked last like he was week. the only he, one that wanted he was to play one of the guys week. that went out there. We knew Amari Cooper He's was going to do. Sure. Oh yeah, and and that's what you needed at the cornerback group when mm-hmm. Sidney Jones is just a shell of his old self and right now. And he got and he got Orlando Scandrick letting his best friends yeah. walk right by him. Yep, Rasul Douglas, like it's up and down with him. You know when he has these these games when he's out of the Rasul Douglas mode. The Minnesota game when he's just holding on to the the wide receiver's towel. Like, what are you even doing? Like, just stick to your technique. Mm-hmm. These guys, ha- they've stepped up in big moments. Rasul Douglas is ball hawk. We know that. You have had Rodney McLeod. You've had Malcolm Jenkins. All these guys have played big moments. It's just, can they all get it right at the same time? Mm-hmm. And I, I've i been at the neck of Corey Unlin and Jim Schwartz for over a season now. And Where are you guys with that? Are you in for, like, a coordinator change? Like, is that something significant enough that... Yeah. I mean, Unlin's think, been here even, since the chip days, and I the, mean, I did, the, I did, the corners I, weren't What are they then. teaching their corners at this moment? Like, I mean, just the, the way they're playing I mean, them? no one's progressed I mean, outside no. of mm-hmm. Doug a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And even I mean, look at the position groups that have progressed. Like the offensive line with Stoutland. You develop all those. Sayamalu was, he was up and down, and then all of a sudden he's your starting left guard. You sign him to an extension. You look at the defensive line, a guy like Hassan Ridgeway, you bring in, and he was playing the best ball out of any defensive mm-hmm. tackle until he got hurt. Even getting week. some play out of Josh Sweat. Yeah. Exactly. Looks, so yeah, now you look really at the, the corner position in the safeties. It's yes, you had an all pro in Malcolm Jenkins and a great player in Ronnie McLeod, but. You haven't developed a safety three, nor have you wanted to even draft one. The corners, Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas, you draft in the top 100, and you can't develop either of them. At, at what point do you look at the guys that are getting the best out of your, your corners and say, hey, maybe you guys, maybe it's not these guys we have on the field? Because on paper, I, I believe Howie did enough to address the corner position in the secondary this offseason. But on the field, it was the biggest question mark, and we now know that that question mark was a big fat no, and whatever they did there just didn't work. And I, I, it fi- I just find it hard to believe that a guy like Sidney Jones, who was top ten talent, just all of a sudden forgot how to play football. Yeah, yeah. And we, we see it in Philly with uh, who's the you you know the Sixers? I can't think of oh Markel Fultz, like yeah. his shot, like all of a sudden he just comes to Philly and his yeah. shots broke. Like I, I don't. We, get that. we were discussing that on the way over here. We were just discussing about 
uh, like drafting Pac-12 receivers and cornerbacks. Like how it, it, the Pac-12 is so high scoring. I just so want to stay away from Washington forever. That, that's what point. I mean. Like if, if you're going after just a Pac-12 cornerback, no I mean, you, th- there's going to be guys that are diamonds hidden in the rough. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're not very yeah. good defenses. In and the again, Pac-12. maybe they make a trade and go get Chris, uh, Chris Harris, who has you know he's I'm in relations with Unlin, yeah. Unlin, and he's he's didn't he develop Chris Harris? Harris? Yeah, Unlin was like the one corner that they developed there. And um, bring him yeah. back. I, 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 I don't want to sound like a Jim Schwartz apologist, and, and at the risk of, of sounding so, because in all honesty, if, if Schwartz or Unlin or any of the rest of them were to leave at the end of the season, I am certainly not singing the blues. Yeah. But is it necessarily a schematic problem? A little bit, probably. Or is it a talent problem? Mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, I don't care if you have uh, Tom Landry roaming the sidelines. I don't care if you have Dick LeBeau roaming the sidelines. I don't care Jim if you Johnson. have Buddy Ryan, Jim Johnson roaming the sidelines. Yeah. If When your cornerbacks can't cover, period, whether it's press, man, or, mm-hmm. or 10 yards off for whatever reason, yeah. when your safeties are playing washed-up football, when, it, when their age is catching up mm-hmm. to them, when you have when you, Camus Grugier-Hill is your only healthy and available linebacker, and oh, by the way, he missed how many, four games? Yep. Yeah. Uh, when Nigel, Nigel Bradham is walk like like it's Nate Gary Camus, and then some guy named Singleton who I I, I still don't know who he is. Preseason when you, hero, Alex yeah. Singleton. When, when you have yeah, a preseason hero, that that should show that should show you the people yeah. who hype well. hype mm-hmm. people up during the preseason. This is what you get during the regular season. Mm-hmm. When you have Malik Jackson down and Timmy Jernigan down, and you have no interior pressure, which means Fletcher Cox is getting swallowed up. When you have Brandon Graham who's aging, when you have Derek Barnett who really hasn't taken that next step, are we necessarily really talking about a schematic problem? Some of it is, you know, but a right. lot. I think yeah. the bulk of it is talent-wise. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, yeah. if these injuries that I think Howie Roseman did enough this offseason, oh, I think paper, he did more he, than what, yeah, more than enough. If the injuries weren't there on defense and on offense, we'd be having a complete different conversation. Mm-hmm. You guys about on about the, Bruce Hector season right now? <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> out of all the moves you could make Anthony on a Rush. short week, like that's that's Huggins. the best thing that you could do. But th- that's a great point. We're, we're sitting here. We have a huge game tomorrow. It could go one of two ways. We could be four and four. Who knows what happens in Dallas? And then we have a great stretch. Who, who knows what happens? But it's the decider. Do we make moves at the at the deadline, or do we start to find these guys that yeah, don't fit the mold and sell them off? But I have to preface this: I'm a big fan of bringing in young guys that are like a Leonard Williams, like a Robbie Anderson, that you can build with. Because this team doesn't need to go into any sort of rebuild or anything. Just Bringing guys that you can excel with. Robbie Anderson, a great downfield receiver. You have Carson Wentz, who has Nelson Aguilar, who cannot do a single thing on the outside. Mm-hmm. You have Leonard Williams. Who, who do you guys want? If Just to wrap up the show here, just one guy that you think could be an impact player that could either, one, help us get to the playoffs this year, or two, that you would like to grow with going down the road. I mean, Rob, you, you said Robbie Anderson. Like you're talking about, a, talking about a guy who can stretch the field. That's exactly what's missing from this offense. You know, defensively, if there's one guy, it's it's Chris Harris. I agree. That I think, you know, he can play inside, can play outside, could give you a corner that can play next year if you're trying to, like, you know, he's still he's, – he's older, but he's not washed yet. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, those two guys for, in my my book. 
I would need to. Uh, I need to lock down the outside, uh, like seal the outside, uh, as far as our corners are concerned. So I would agree with Gail and say, either Patrick Peterson or Chris Harris is. Those guys still got good ball in them. I mean, we haven't seen a great corner since when Asante. And yeah, and if we lose this game, honestly, I think we're in a position to sell. So I think regardless, they're going to make a move. You guys got to be pretty uh, hyped up for this one, though, right? I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Buffalo atmosphere is kind of right up your alley. You guys yeah. are the big we'll tailgaters. We'll find, yeah, we'll it. find out. I mean, we we've watched the Buffalo tailgates from afar. We've always had. Kind of an appreciation for Bill's mafia, even maybe a kindred spirit. Yeah, you know, and the fact that we were one of those teams that never won a Super Bowl, and and we have to tailgate to kind of entertain ourselves. It's a very college-like I mean, you, you atmosphere too. If you're there, you know, as Eagle yeah. fans and Bills fans, you yeah. can relate. Mm-hmm. Except we we got the Super Bowl. There's misery right. in company. Yeah, and that doesn't that doesn't make us like better now. We we kind of still have that. I think Philadelphia as a whole still has that inferiority complex, probably a little bit. And I'm sure Buffalo is standing up here going like, you know, when you got Boston and New York and Why Philadelphia and, and Washington, we went to four Super Bowls. And, and like, otherwise, other than that, what have this franchise really accomplished? And that's not a knock on him. That's just speaking to a point of relatability where, listen, we get you. Yeah. We, we, we've been there with you as well. We, it's been rough for us as well. So I don't see, I mean, listen, it, one of two things is going to happen. Bill's Mafia meets Eagles fandom, and they all get along and kind of kumbaya it up. Or Bill's Mafia meets the Eagles fan, and it's an all-out bloodbath in the stands. And, like, you know, yeah. we're, we're trying, trying to, to take throw, the floor because there's no tables table. left in that city. <laughs> oh, there'll be plenty. Of, Can we throw him through a table? Oh, yeah. Point yeah, us we, in the direction. I need, I need help. We're trying to break his back. By, by, by the way, I need <laughs> I help on this. We can get you to the lot that you could get thrown through a table. Please do, because I because I have I've gone and shot for tables. All of them look plastic. Shout out to my man Blue Meanie, uh, ECW Philadelphia wrestling legend. He said, "Do not go through a plastic table." So I tried to find a wooden table, and a guy had a wooden table. He's like, "I'll bring it to the tailgate." But it's kind of got like a metal frame to oh, it. You gotta and take I'm, that frame off. Or you're yeah, and I'm just worried about like I'm like worried the about the tables stabbed. in the movies where like they just put them through. Them Yo, I need I, of, like, I need a, a WWE like the what breakaway kind of table. Yo, remember yeah. that the, the tables yeah. that you saw in school when people were putting out pamphlets or something? Like yeah. I, oh, yeah. I need a high school church. <laughs> Table, you know what I mean? Just, just we could, we could put, we could put like way. a yeah. table drape over some cardboard. <laughs> nah, man, <laughs> we'll if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right, man. I, you know, I, I they'll I, sniff you out if you do yeah. that. Yeah, because then you put that on social media, and they'll, they'll yeah. be like, you know, I went through this little table for nothing because I'm being clowned on. I know Evan was really uh, wondering if they they have white claw at the uh, tailgate. Oh. I'm sure there will be both shaking their heads. I yeah. will not be drinking white claws, but there will probably be, be our tricks, but there will be some. All right, we got to wrap it up because you guys got yeah, stuff we got, to do. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, thanks thank for having us. Yeah, thank you so on, much for having well, us. I, like, there's a lot of Eagles podcasts, but I don't know. For me, I, I root for you guys. Like, I was a part of your your team for a little bit there. Thank you. And we all come from the Dave Spadaro coaching tree. You know what I mean? Of Eagles Live, and <laughs> yeah. so I don't know. I In the Eagles much, message board. And yeah, 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 right. So I mean, hey, I listen to your podcast every week. You guys are, you know, you guys are really killing it. You guys got the flow. And just keep going. You know? It's, it's yeah, tough you being up too. here in Buffalo, and it, like this is the one week every eight years that we get We've to feel a part to it for of a it. Long time. Cool. You guys get to go home after this and sit in the two one five, and I have to hear from Buffalo fans. But if we lose, we have to hear from these people for the next eight years. So yeah. this game means well, so much. As, to as us my man Gail say, speaking into existence. So don't yeah. they don't think you're gonna have to hear it. Nope. When? All right. Go when? Birds. When? 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 All right. when?
That's going to do it for today's edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Joined by the Fourth and John boys, Evan Hearn, Gail Saunders, and E Rock, Louis DiBiase, and Gino Camilleri here signing off. As always, you can subscribe to the podcast on any platform. Check us out as well on lockdowneagles.com. We'll be back Monday, well, late Sunday night. We'll have a recap show. And uh, like Gail said, hopefully we're talking about a big Eagles win to get to four and four. For everybody here, I'm Louis DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go, birds. Go, birds.